Alleluia, Christ is risen. It's risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. A man lives in poverty and spends whatever change he has on lottery tickets, and with each ticket he scratches, he cries out to the heavens that God would bless him with the winning numbers so that all of his problems would go away. And he dies in poverty alone. A woman's car breaks down the day she's fired from her job, and she prays that Jesus would give her a new job and a new car, but she stays unemployed and relies on public transportation the rest of her life. An athlete practices day in and day out so that one day he can be, can be drafted into the majors. He goes to church, he tithes and prays sincerely in Jesus' name, but he never makes it. In all of these examples, the people prayed to God in Jesus' name. And what happened? And what went wrong? After all, in the gospel lesson for today, Jesus does say, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So they asked for whatever in the name of Jesus, and they didn't get it. And maybe the same has happened to you for other things. That you've prayed in the name of Jesus, yet your hands are still empty. And you've prayed fervently for what you truly desire, Your bank account still looks the same, your house is still falling apart, and your car keeps breaking down. Your eyesight isn't better, your legs don't work any better than they used to, you still didn't get a promotion, and your health is still declining rapidly. And the more you pray, the more you feel like you're doing something wrong because nothing's happening, nothing's changing, and the more you feel like God isn't listening or answering any of your prayers. So you ask, and you ask, And you ask and you pray and you plead with God and you beg and nothing changes. Nothing happens. Your life remains the exact same. You pray in the name of Jesus your whole life and then you have nothing to show for it. So what's going on? Some will tell you that you just didn't have enough faith. If you only believed more, if you only trusted more in God, then you'd get the things you prayed for. They'll tell you that your heart wasn't in the right place when you were praying, that you didn't believe enough or pray hard enough or, 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 or make your petition specific enough. Or you didn't concentrate on Jesus enough. If you only went to church more or if you only gave a bigger offering or were a better Christian, if you read the Bible more, then God would give you the desire of your heart. If you only prayed in a better way, the right way, then you'd get the things you actually prayed for. Believe it or not, this is actually more popular than you think. Uh, The largest churches and the most popular pastors preach this. You know, Oral Roberts or Joel Austin or Joyce Meyer, who thinks she's a pastor, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, and the like. Basically, it's all these preachers that you see on TV, and the majority, if not all, of these Christian movies made uh, that teach this very thing, that if you pray hard enough, then God will grant you the prayer. If you just try harder. Uh, this all started back in 1953 by a pastor uh, by the name of Norman Vincent Peale. He wrote a book called The Power of Positive Thinking. And certainly, of course, it's good to be positive, to seek the best, to explain everything in the kindest way. Pessimism and negativity should be avoided for sure. That stuff is toxic. But this isn't what positive thinking is about, at least what this book is about. 
The Power of Positive Thinking, the titled book, was about visualizing your future. You speak self-affirmations uh, in the mirror or, or in the morning, and, and then you turn prayer into a science. And if you thought positively, then you would get positive results. In order to make God give you what you want, you need to follow a specific formula for successful praying. If you follow the correct formula, then you unlock prayer and God will then give you whatever you ask for. And so in his book, in this famous book, Peel says that you can overcome heartache, that you can cure eczema, that you can live a peaceful and positive life all by the power of positive thinking and prayer. And so through prayer, you name it, you claim it, you get health, you get wealth and success, you get a house, a bigger house, faster cars, you get more balanced budget. If you only prayed the certain way, your life would be more successful, your body will be, have, have, have less illnesses, and you will be a lot more happy. But is this what Jesus teaches us here today? Jesus does say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And so does Jesus actually mean what these words say? The answer is yes, of course. He always means what he says. But these words need to be understood rightly within the context that Jesus speaks them. When Jesus teaches us how to pray, he's not teaching us that if we simply add these words in Jesus' name to the end of our prayer, that we'll get for whatever we asked for in that prayer. He's not saying that every prayer needs to end with the words in Jesus' name or that those words are some sort of uh, a magical or miraculous incantation that makes God hear our prayers. In fact, Jesus is teaching us to seek the things that are in his name. So think of it this way. Think, uh, picture a, a, a large, massive box here in the front of the church with the letters uh, J-E-S-U-S on them, uh, Jesus' name on them in the front of this church. And now imagine that you open this box and you find all of the things in this box that are, uh, uh, that, that are one in the name of Jesus. These are all the things that are in Jesus' name. So when you open this box, what do you find in it? You find all of his forgiveness that he's earned. You find all of the grace he earned for you. You find each and every single drop of blood he poured out for your salvation here in that great box. These are the things that are in Jesus' name. And to ask for these things is what it means to pray for the things that it, for whatever is in his name. And for all of these things you can ask for without hesitation, without uh, worrying that God would deny them to you. And your dear Father in heaven will give you all of those things without measure. So these words alone should cheer your broken heart and fill you with all gladness and make your joy complete. Because on our own, we only deserve God's wrath and anger. Because of our sin, God doesn't have to listen to us. He doesn't have to grant us anything. He doesn't have to even hear our prayers. It's not a right that we have to pray to God. He doesn't have to listen to our pleas or petitions. Because of our sins, his ears are closed to us. And the disciples knew this, but Jesus was teaching them something different, something that the reason and their senses could not figure out. Jesus taught them that through his righteousness, through his death and resurrection, he opened the ears of the Father to you so that the Father hears every single word that you utter in the name of Christ. That because of Jesus, God is no longer your enemy. In fact, he is now your Father. 
And like a father who hears the voice of his dear crying infant, that's how God is our father when he hears our prayers. God not only will hear you and listen to you, but he will truly give you everything you ask for in Jesus' name. See, the point is this, that prayer is not about getting God to do something he hasn't done. God has already done something. Prayer is about receiving with thanksgiving the things that he has achieved for us, the things that he's done for us. Prayer is, is, is that very thing that Jesus teaches us to, that, that when we pray, we shouldn't rely upon our faith, our works, our intentions, but upon his word and his promise to us that he'll hear us. So Jesus teaches us to pray today. And when all the sorrow of this life fills your heart, and when you're overwhelmed by the things that you lack, when all the suffering in this life drops you to your knees and when your faith is weakened by the constant hurt and pain and anguish that you experience and feel, what do you do? You open your ears to hear that God has opened his ears to you. You listen to the promise that God listens to you. And you hear God ask you to ask him for whatever is in his name. Everything you need most in this life, don't ever forget this, everything you need most in this life and the next is already yours in Christ. Everything you need for your sin and filth to be washed completely away has already been provided for you by the wounds of Christ. Every ounce of your sin, every drop of disappointment, every regret that haunts you has been wiped away and covered by the blood of Jesus. Everything you need to live forever is found in his precious and holy name. Your dear father wants, to, wants you to ask for the things he promised to give you. So, ask him. Ask. Ask him to look away from your sins. And he will do exactly that. And he will tell you that he cannot see your sins anymore because they've been eternally buried in the flood of Jesus' blood. Ask him to grant you eternal life. And he will show you your seat at the eternal feast that was won for you by the blood-stained cross of Christ. Ask him to have mercy on you. Ask him to love you, to cherish you, to call you his own child. And not only will your dear Father in heaven listen to you, but he will actually grant you all of these things. Because from before the foundation of the world, this is exactly what he wanted to do for you. The moment when the nails dug into, the, into Jesus' hands and feet, that's when everything in heaven began to belong to you. On the day when Jesus Christ's mouth and ears were closed in death on the cross, that's when the Father opened his ears to hear every single one of your moans and groans and sighs. On the day when the crucified Christ walked out of his grave, God's mercy and grace and favor became eternally yours. And he put it in your name. So as sure as Christ's flesh victoriously bears the gaping wounds of his crucifixion, that's how sure the Father's ears have been opened to you. So ask that God no longer be angry at your sins because Christ took those sins away. 
Ask that God forget all of your wrongdoings, all of your shameful acts, all of your iniquities. Ask that God would turn his face away from all of your sin, that he separate that your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. Ask that God would take all of your sin, ball it up, and cast it into the depth of the sea, never to be seen again. And he will do exactly that. He promised it to you. And he won't fail. Ask that God lavish you with more forgiveness, life, and salvation than you can ever bear or ever believe is yours. Ask that God will give you everything that Jesus has won for you, and he will. The salvation he gives you in this life will not only grant you every spiritual gift, but in the resurrection of the body. Keep this in mind that you confessed it in the creed that on the day of the resurrection before eternal life, when you live forever in your flesh, God will grant you then every physical and material blessing that you've lacked in this life. He'll grant you the health of immortality, the wealth of the riches of heaven, and the success of of his victory over sin, death, and the devil. Ask, and you will receive. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.